2: Welcome to Channel F, Fanbites Video Game Podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Kay, and with me, as always, are my other hosts. Well, most of them. Nikki Grayson is still on the International Space Station this week, which I learned uh is not as high up as you would think.
1: No. How, no. Really? How high is it?
2: How yeah. high up? Well, th- on, it go? on this week's episode of Friends Reunion, which is another show on this network, uh, they were discussing you know, like whether you could drive up to the International Space Station. If you had to oh. guess, in like, oh, dear God, in miles, like, oh God, in digits, okay, how many, uh-huh. how many digits do you think it is? Two, two
0: Three, digit miles, right? Three, Three.
2: four.
1: Oh, wait, in miles? Yes. Mm, no, miles.
0: because space
1: mm. actually begins what, like, mm, not much more than a mile up. Really. Like where the atmosphere technically is no longer. It's gotta be like two miles up.
0: I okay. Well, I need to readjust my uh guess then, because I was gonna say like at least a hundred, but it's, if it's
2: it's a it's a, a little more than a hundred is is where the International Space Station is. Because it's not in low orbit, right? It's like in okay. space. Oh. It's not like okay. in the part where like you know, you, <laughs> Iron Man flies up and then gets cold and has to and falls down like an Iron Man. Right. It's, it's right. higher than that. But it's still like not that high. Because, yeah. like, think about driving a 100 miles. Yeah, like, that's like going yeah I do too. it a lot all the time. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Wow. <laughs> very, again. Uh, very noisy day uh, on my street. Uh, oh. I just heard <laughs> someone driving past who was driving to the International Space Station because you could wow. do that. It's only like yeah. 100 something miles. So, like, why is going up so hard? I guess gravity.
1: Are they driving at escape velocity? Because you need to do that.
2: See, that's why the thing, is right? That? Why Why can't you just go
0: slowly up?
1: Because of gravity.
0: I mean, I think by the end of this, what we'll have done is like reinvented the Tower of Babel. And uh, that I'm pretty see. sure turned out great for them. So we should do that. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um... Why don't nope. we just... Do, okay, so they already have people in space now, right? Yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, oh, it's so expensive to go to space. It costs so much to launch a rocket ship. Elon yeah. Musk is going to yeah. do it. Um, th- we have people in space at this mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just drop a rope down? Drop a rope down. From the International Space Station. People yeah. climb up. You just <laughs> climb up. You
0: just climb up.
2: And you'd, everyone's you'd, like, you'd, you'd, everyone's you'd, like, mm. oh, that's a space elevator. No. It's a space rope.
1: Have you ever climbed a hundred miles?
2: Uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not saying I could do it. No, Obviously, but like, has anyone
1: has anyone ever actually? climbed I mean, it? this you is a take legitimate breaks. question. Oh, so there
2: could be notches in the <gasps> rope. Yeah, so you that can, like, you can stand, stand there. there and take a break. Yeah.
1: Like, how tall is El Capitan?
2: Or or um or what you do is you attach like um like a loop around the rope. With, like, a rocket attached Uh to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then
2: it just pull you up.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now, this, all of these versions of (laughs) events require, like, resources and and things. What if we could, what if we can, like, cheapen this for the average person, for the average man, you know? So, instead of make stuff that make you go up, what if we look in the opposite direction? What if we look down. down beneath your feet? Okay. We dig a hole through the Earth, really uh-huh. big, all the way from one end to the other. Uh-huh. And then you just jump down the hole. And then you will fall downwards. And it's way. It's like you can just rest. You can just kind of relax. And you'll see, fall <laughs> up on the other side. And then you're at the International Space Station. Do you
2: think... So
0: I am just would like to clarify.
2: Um, so in your version of the world, uh, does the opposite side of the Earth uh, not have gravity? Or are you... Slingshotting yourself with the velocity that you would gain by falling through—is that sort of the idea?
0: Yeah, I think that's the idea on that 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 second okay. one there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That I mean, that's plausible. I mean, like that's. I mean, you do. I've seen Looney Tunes. You you yeah. like just do a swimming <laughs> motion, and I think that'll counteract the no. Yeah, kind Danielle of and I did opposite. watch
2: a movie about space the other day. Yes. That, where someone just does swim in space to move yep. around. Fantastic! Um, there you which, go. So that. So it's real. That would work. It's It's real. real. It would work. Um, Video evidence. I just solved the space race. A rope is even... Okay, Like I'm not going to tell you that a rope that long wouldn't be expensive because it would, Mm
0: -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it would be
2: less expensive than rocket ships.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: So I think we should do that. And um, in the meantime... uh, Wow, I haven't even mentioned your names yet because I've gotten so obsessed with my idea of...
1: Well, it's okay. I mean, listen... We're climbing. We're going in space. It's distracting. I understand. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Nikki Grayson is on the International Space Station, but uh, Stephen Strom and Danielle Riendo are here with me as always, and uh, we're gonna do some staff picks.
0: Human veins are supposed to be so long that they can wrap around the Earth like three times, right? If you were like stretch them end to end, we just need to like get like one brave atoms. soul.
1: That your fake. That yeah, that's your molecules. That's yeah. That's like. That's like molecules.
2: That's like, oh, your intestines would reach six miles. How long are veins? Your
1: intestines are like six feet.
0: (laughs) Okay. The vast system of blood vessels, arteries, veins, and capillaries is over 60,000 miles long. What the fuck?
2: That's... What?
0: That's... How's that possible? I mean, capillaries get very small, like the little teeny veins that you have in, like, your fingertips and stuff like that. And it's not like... It's not like if you were to, like... Devein somebody, uh, that that would then just be working like that. I De-vein think
1: it's if you, thrombosis,
2: if you will. De-vein thrombosis uh-huh. that's the
0: that's what it's called. That's the disease when somebody is just kind of loses all their <laughs> veins at once. When the,
2: all their veins come out and come to life, like Dr. Manhattan, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, this is rough waters we're in. Um, but I do think that making a rope out of uh, out of human blood vessels is sort of an interesting because then wait, then we're in space elevator territory. You you shrink yourself down and you get <gasps> mm-hmm. in the blood vessel and it just launches you up because of blood vessel pumping. Because blood. of the blood pumping.
1: Well, you need a heart for that.
2: I mean, we can get heart. Listen, if we have if we've got blood vessels, the <laughs> heart's gonna be easy. That's the easy yeah. part. You just they have just someone standing there pumping parts. it, just like clutching it. And that's they just Yeah. Grow those, yeah. Space. Oh, anyway, human um, power,
0: the ultimate. We've energy.
2: invented a kind of horrifying um biopunk. <laughs> future and i yeah. uh you know i for one uh await our new uh fleshy overlords but for now let's talk about some games we've been playing
1: I didn't know much about this game at all. I just knew it was supposed to be like a cute pastel puzzle game. uh, And that's nice. And that's pretty good. But I'm really into it. I'm really, really into it. It it just came out today, I think, or this week, I believe, on the PS4 and Xbox and PS5 probably. But who knows? Because nobody has a PS5. Uh, But it came out on (laughs) the other consoles. It came out last year on the Switch. I did not play it. I heard some good things. But I did not play it on the Switch. Uh, So it's new to me and it's new to these consoles and it's an Annapurna joint and it's, I believe the folks who made, oh, I don't want to get it wrong. So I'll look it up while I talk about what the game is, but, um, it is a, like a narrative puzzle game where you are mostly looking at objects and sort of, uh, clipping through them to find hidden objects inside them. Uh, oh. So you're basically like, you are a ghost. So it kind of starts with you walking on a little beach. You're this like, you know, old British dude. You live on this beautiful island that's now kind of overrun by tourists. But hey, you know, it's not so bad. You you still like your island. And you talk about your dog who passed a few years ago. And then it's like, oh, I am dead because you have a memorial bench. And you used to be a museum curator. So I guess that's why you're so good at like looking at things and looking at intricate things and looking at scenes and finding hidden objects and finding all kinds of cool things. Uh, but you have this whole, like, narrative layer where you are working with your dog, whose name is Sparky. Uh, she's really cute. She also has a British accent, which is very nice.
0: Wait, yeah. the dog talks?
1: Yeah, the dog
0: talks. Is that a ghost power or did the dog it's already a ghost pa- talk? It's a
1: ghost power. Okay. So the dog was like, I could always talk, Morris, but you just yeah. couldn't understand me. It's one of those. <laughs>
2: okay. Yeah, okay, no, so tra- I definitely remember seeing this.
1: Yeah, it's, I really like it. It's, it's very, very, very satisfying because I also, I enjoy this kind of thing. I'm the kind of player who every game I play, if I actually like it, I want to look at every little texture. I want to look at every like little poster and advertisement and everything in a world because they get very into that whole element of like oh this is how this was made and this is supposed to look like this space what yeah. does this so
0: it's part of why is... you like immersive sims so much right and
1: exactly exactly because I love just playing with every little element and that is the whole game here there is this sort of you know narrative layer as well but it really is about like find things and and like find little gremlins in hidden spaces and, and find, you're really finding mementos that help you find these other ghosts. That's the idea. It's very sweet. It's very cute. It's very like, Oh, you died, but everything's fine. Yeah. You know? Um, but I, I'm having a really, really good time with that intricate portion of it. And there's a lot of objects that you don't even need to bother with. You just kind of have to find the mementos to do the story layer. But then of course there are extra Little, they're not called gremlins. I think they're called Grimkins, but they're gremlins.
0: The <laughs> they're gravelings. Like, this is a sequel yeah, to uh, you... <laughs> uh, Dead Like Me. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, it,
1: they are, what those are, Are you basically get like a little picture, like a little, you know, desaturated picture. And you have to figure out, you get clues, you get little hints about where it is. But I, what I love about it is like, oh, you're playing with 3D space until you find this pattern in the world so it's all these extra little things to find as you're kind of enjoying this world but so yeah it's it's a chill puzzle game basically okay so it's from the makers of HoHoKam. yeah it's uh, from people. It from. It's, um, oh. yeah.
2: richard hogg and richard haggett um
1: yeah hollow ponds, hollow ponds i guess yeah because they also yeah, yeah, did yeah.
2: um wilmot's warehouse yeah
1: yeah yeah oh cool uh, okay so this is from them and it's it's really sweet Uh, I'm enjoying it. Again, it is absolutely my shit. It is the kind of thing I want to do in every world. Yeah. (laughs) Like that every virtual world, I want to pick up everything and look for little things and be, you know, of course rewarded with happy chimes and things when I do it well. So yeah, it's, it's cute. It is definitely, you know, you and your dog searching for the perfect ghost to save the island. So like, you know, the storyline is very like twee, you know, twee, cozy indie game. It kind of is along those lines, but um, so obviously not everybody loves that kind of thing. I'm digging it. I'm really, really enjoying it. The only problem I'm having is just that I don't think the inverted controls work super hot. <laughs> I like keep telling it to invert and it's like not exactly inverting. Mm. I'm sure, that's just like a bug that they'll oh, you're figure an, out. You're an
2: inverted controls
1: person? Oh, 100%. I can barely play things if they're not wow. inverted. I'm I one think- of those. I know. I went to film school. That's what I tell everybody. Like, that's how you learn to operate a camera in film school. A
0: oh. Thing. Like a, yeah. On the
1: tripod. So that's why I have an excuse, I guess. But yeah. It's,
0: you know. I was going to say, if the inverted controls don't work, you could just try to be normal. But I guess you have an excuse. Yeah, yeah you're-
1: Me? No, normal? Daniel's
0: too much of an invert. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: what, that's the term I made up for people who use inverted controls. You're like an, mm-hmm. invert. an mm-hmm. invert. I don't think that an was Invel? anything... I don't think invert was anything before that. So no, no. Um, now it's me. <laughs> yeah. A lot of inverts uh, here at fanbite. Uh, yeah. I feel like maybe I used to use invert controls because like, I feel like I played some flight sims and stuff as a kid because like my cousin mm-hmm. and uncle were really into them. And like when I would go over to their place to play on their computer, I would play stuff like that. And I guess I think flying is like inverted controls. Yes, I mean, it actually is. Is, yeah. It usually is. Yeah. Like you play a uh, uh, X wing or tie fighter or Because, yeah, because or you pull down on the stick to go up and then you yeah. push forward to yeah. go down. Um, but at some point I just switched and now I just use normal.
1: Now huh. <laughs> I kind of look.
2: Curious about inverted, about, about that phenomenon of just like, it's just like such a weird, not weird, but like just kind of like a, a preference thing. It's like almost like left-handedness. Yeah.
1: It kind of is. Which isn't it's a preference, It's probably about as prevalent.
2: Yeah, it's like just like a different, you know, oh, I just, this is more natural to me. Right. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Just makes sense to my brain for whatever reason.
2: That's cool. That's but cool. I dig it. It's yeah, I I am dead. It looks neat. Um, yeah, see, exactly. You said yeah, it's on and stuff now?
1: I'm not sure if it's on Steam. It just came out on the other consoles, so PS5, oh, PS4, okay. I believe oh, okay, the cool. Xbox. Uh it might be. Let's see. Yes, it's I think also it, on Steam. I think it came out it out Steam is also last year. on
2: Steam. Yeah. Cuz I, I yeah. definitely remember looking at it, but I just didn't get around to it.
1: It's it's good. I mean, the first uh main level, I mean, you have like your little tutorial, but the first main level is actually this is actually cute and sweet and I dig it. Uh is a lighthouse that has been converted to like a yoga retreat by an old salty uh like british military guy who turned to yoga for like healing himself after uh being decorated in battle so it's like this like old dude is very stoic but he loves yoga it's kind of
2: cute so so i have a confession which is that i constantly get the people who made this game confused with the people who make games like A Monsters Expedition. Oh, I think it's sure. maybe just because they're all British and they sort of make these, like, very, like, charming, puzzly kind of games. Yeah. That's, like, to me, is a genre of, like, British puzzle <laughs> game. Um <Yep. laughs> But, like, yeah, I cannot keep them all straight and I feel bad because, you know, they're all doing their own thing. A Monsters Expedition actually did look really cool. I didn't get around to playing it, but...
1: Yeah, it looked awesome. And it, it is, like, a more of like a pathway thing, like you're pushing things. Yeah. So this is like, you're looking at things and you're twisting things. And that's more like, oh, you're building bridges, not bridges, but paths. through. Listen, I love puzzle games. I mm-hmm. pretty much a good, well-designed puzzle game in any dimension, in any cuteness level. I'm pretty much there because it makes me feel good. It gives me good brain juice when I figure things out. So
2: yeah, yeah it's just, no, yeah.
1: It's, it's nice. Um,
2: yeah. Okay. So Dracnak is more of like the, straight up puzzle like Sokobond style things Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. just like moving things around on a grid kind of thing like they did Cosmic Express too and um yes I love that game actually a little bit different I guess but yeah um Stephen you have tried a game that someone recommended to us recently I forget if it was on a stream or in the discord or something but and I had seen this On Steam, and I was like, this looks like it's going to be impenetrable to get into, but really cool. But I don't know if I have the wherewithal right now, but you have started playing High Fleet.
0: Yeah, one word, High Fleet. Um, it is, I had also seen this somewhere before and I vaguely remember somebody bringing it up as well. I, I could not tell you where I have recent, more recently seen a couple of people talking about it on Twitter. Um, I think especially some people who are like into some of the more hardcore strategy games out there. The three MA crowd, if you will, have been kind mm-hmm. of looking at this game a little bit <laughs> here and there. Yeah. Um, and actually Daniel, I think you might be into this game a little bit, uh, as well. Cause I do think there is like, a level of, like, fiddliness to this game in, in the sort of strategy sense. It's a real-time game mm. uh, that you might be into. Um, Taking it is, a
1: look right now. But, yeah, tell tell me about this game.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough to explain. It's not an easy... It's not like you could just say, oh, it's a JRPG, or oh, it's a Castlevania, or oh, it's a where the fuck do I go game. Because um, it's like... Sort of like a trousers, where it's like very oh, wow. gravity-driven, side-scrolling shooter almost. But then like, that's the moment-to-moment combat, but the rest of the game is like, sort of this, you moving through an overworld map and managing sort of a fleet of airships in an alternate reality, like 1900s. It's not, I wouldn't call it steampunk, because it's not steampunk. It's like,
2: it's, um... Yeah, no. know. It's almost, like, it's kind
0: of doony. It's very doony, okay. yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. A, actually, the, the closest comparison and, that I didn't bring up, because it's not going to mean much to a lot of people, I bet, uh, is it's it's very like the Homeworld prequel game that came out a few years ago, in terms of aesthetic, um, huh. Deserts of Carrick, Uh That was a, you know, the Homeworld games are like these seminal real-time strategy game set in space. Uh, and they made a prequel a few years ago. They, they revived it to make a prequel that was set on a planet. It was set on the planet that you mm. escape at the beginning of Homeworld 1. Yeah. Ah. Um, and that game had a very similar thing, but yeah, where it's like very, lots of desert lands and people wearing big, um, full face masks. And there are even straight up, like, to further the Dune reference, there are people basically wearing, like, what look kind of like still suits. They're the, they have, like, the nose plugs, the sort of respirator-looking nose plugs that you would mm-hmm. see on a Dune still suit. Um uh, but then also they're wearing, like, a variation of mid... 20th century british military regalia or something <laughs> wow. like that and you'll or you'll see like a guy who is like very clearly meant to evoke sort of like saudi arabian royalty of of the modern day with like um that sort of like uh um aesthetic but then is also wearing like and like has like a modern like almost business suit but then is also wearing a big flat face mask as if they were like a warlock from destiny or something uh, like that what? and so it's like a cool look, and there's a lot going on, um, because you are managing this fleet of these sort of airship fighters. Yeah, like big weird floating bricks. Yeah. They they look like, like, almost militarized lunar landers uh, with, like, just big machine guns hanging off the side. And I think one of the game's big claim to f- claims to fame is that basically everything is diegetic or skewmorphic. Mm. Um... Mm. So, like, literally everything that you do is represented as if it was in-game, like, or as if you were in this world controlling all of this stuff. Uh, not directly, but, like, kind of ordering it around through various means. Uh, you move across the map by literally looking down at, like, it's as if you are, you know, if you were looking down... Uh, at a big Microsoft, like a, like a fallout style retro mm-hmm. Microsoft surface. And it was like, here's a big <laughs> map and off to the side is a little button, that it, and, but it's not a button. It's, it functions as a button cause you click on it. But what it looks like in game is a, like a rotary telephone hanging off the side of a wall. And you can click on that and drag the phone down to like you, like bring up the menu that uh, allows you to use your radio. And call people oh, up. Wow. Uh and you have to like dial in frequencies.
2: Um, and this sounds like a kind of game for like a very specific kind of pervert. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I think one of the things that the game does really well is it evokes that style of thing. Like it looks on the surface like an Eve Online or something like that, but like maybe a more maybe a more interesting to look at Eve Online, like a, a more abstracted version of that. Mm-hmm. Um But in reality, a lot of it is just that. It's just abstraction. It's just like, Mm. okay, you're just clicking on buttons. You're just kind of spinning a dial. You're fiddling with things. Um, And the fiddling isn't particularly difficult or hard, but it looks and evokes that feeling of that kind of like, what if you were playing a hardcore war game? Uh, oh. Or something like that, but yeah. it is, I think, a lot more approachable than any of that stuff. It's it, in right. practice because, because at the end of the day, what you're actually playing is basically like slow loofed rousers, and that's yeah. pretty accessible. I've
2: heard it compared to um, Pirates, mm.
0: mm-hmm. uh, Sid Meier's
2: mm-hmm. Pirates, which is like um, goes back to like God, like the Genesis and like P- early PC games and stuff. Um, just that level of like because those early games too had like weird mini games for like literally everything you had to do like oh you want to check your map nope there's like a weird weird, like astrolabe thing you have to use to like see where to go yep um and this seems kind of like that which is really interesting to me i don't know i kind of like admire the work that goes into a game like this of just yeah being so dedicated to like a specific like aesthetic and like um certain design decisions
0: yeah, absolutely. Like it, it sticks to that very uh, like I said, diegetic sort of yeah. aesthetic. Basically everything. Sometimes it's a little annoying. Right. Um I think the uh the interface even like tutorials and stuff like that in this game are diegetic. Cause it'll be literally be like, here's a big painting of a guy pointing at a thing on your <laughs> interface, literally. And saying like, click this button to do this. And it's, it's like, as if he was in the room with you and trying to tell you how to use your own equipment oh, or something wow. like that. <laughs> um, cool. so it, again, it, it helps with that accessibility, uh, to a great degree. It's, it's not like an EVE online. It is yeah. much more, I would like to think the pirates comparison is very good. Yeah. Um, but uh, some things that like where the abstraction, I think if not gets in the way is just like, OK, I I have to look at the manual for this because there is a there is like a digital manual, like right, as if it was a right. game that had come out in the 90s yeah um, that you can find on just Steam. I think it's just available for free on Steam. Uh, that explains a lot of this stuff, and it kind of expects you to do that to a certain degree mm-hmm. um but when you're customizing these ships, it does not give you a ton of information about like how hard mm. points work or where to put stuff right. so that can be a little frustrating uh, but otherwise, yeah it's really cool you're you're i'm curious to see where the story goes you you're kind of like you're part of what's called the romani empire uh r o m a n i uh-huh. um and are, like, sort of, I think, supposed to be like kind of a stand-in British Empire. And you're com- you've are come, you been brought in because a sort of uh, Middle Eastern sort of stand-in uh, kingdom has had a rebellion. And they've risen up against the British Empire sort of stand-in. And you've been called in to uh, fight back. But there's all these, like, hints that maybe things go- can go in a different direction. Because there's, like, dialogue huh. choices. Uh, yeah. You have, like, reputation with different characters.
2: Oh, wow. This sounds like super complex. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's it's complex, but is again, it like I, I in think early it does, access, yeah. or
2: is it just like out out?
0: It's just out out. My understanding is they are doing a lot of updates. Cool. Um, They've already got patches planned, and this, so it's yeah, cool. it's
2: actually it's Microprose publishing it.
0: Yeah, um, I had is cool not seen to that. See. <laughs> yeah, like I'm trying to think of like a think of a Microprose game. I mean, um, XCOM Pirates. But early uh, XCOM specifically, early
2: XCOM, uh, Civ,
0: yeah, okay, um,
2: because they were they closed in, um, in the early two thousands, I think, and then they brought like someone brought the brand back, okay. Um, David Leggetti, uh I think, bought it, and um, but I think Bill Steely is is involved still. He was one of the founders with um with Sid Meier in the eighties. Oh, okay. And, yeah, no, they're doing, um, I don't think if there's anything else I can think of that they're doing. They're doing, like, Warbird stuff, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, Um, But, um,
2: yeah, it's cool to see.
0: It's a game that I think it does, so far, a very good job of evoking that era of that type of game, while also not actually being that impenetrable. Cool. So far anyway. So awesome. I'm, I'm excited to play more of it. I think this is the kind of thing I would love to watch someone stream, I think. Mm. Yes. So, you know.
2: Uh, yeah, just, it's just, it's just almost
0: certainly really good for that. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Paul in the chat. No gets pressure. Yeah. No I pressure. I see. I see. Okay.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, cool. Well, I... God, what have I been playing? Um... Sid Meier's Pirates. Sid Meier's Pirates. <laughs> uh, no, I've been making my way through Dragon Age. Not Dragon Age. Dragon Quest 2, oh. which um, I love. I love those games now. They're so yes. cute. There's just something about like pixel art JRPGs that's so like cozy to me. In the same way as like Lego was when I was Ooh, a kid. Yeah. Of like Ooh. You build your little fort with like oh here's the store and here's like the house and here's like the the tower and here's like where the animals live and stuff yeah it's like the art and even though that this is like revamped art it's for, like the mobile game version and some of it isn't great but like just like the weirdness of just like oh here's a little house you go in and then someone's standing there next to their sink or like oh here you go in a little downstairs into this cavern and it's surrounded by water um it's like yeah no it's good um, and, uh, I'm going to start on three as soon as I'm done two, <laughs> And yeah, they're nice. very, very cute games. Uh, and even as someone who like is not a big JRPG person, I've definitely gotten into the rhythm of them and find them really enjoyable. But other than that, uh, I played the destiny end of season event today. Oh yeah. Which, um, was very cool. <laughs> uh, that game is, you know. It's sort of always weird. It's sort of always like, I don't know if it's like coming or going. We have two weeks until the next season, which is kind of a bummer, but the whole season. So yeah, like Destiny is like on a seasonal model for people who, who don't know. And um, they sort of have like these like story arcs that happen over like the course of three or four months. And this, the story this season was basically about the fallen who are this alien race that was abandoned by, like, the Traveler, which is the god that gives guardians their superpowers, um, and sort of descended, like, their society collapsed, basically. Uh, and some of them were pretty much just like, hey, it's really stupid that we're still fighting because we're dealing with, like, uh, like robots that want to just, like, turn the entire universe into a giant computer. We're dealing with alien <laughs> alien death gods who want to just, like, exterminate all life because of their weird religion um like all this shit it does not make sense like please can we just like come live in your city um and so the whole season has basically been about these themes around like like trust and um and like migration and kind of going to some really dark places at times of like there's some some lore this season about like basically fallen just like or elixir they're called the fallen by humans because like you know their society collapsed and the traveler left them um but there's lore about them like trying to just live in the city and then like there are like humans in the city who just like basically formed death squads and just like fucking killed a bunch of these people who are totally innocent um but there is this long sort of history of like oh yeah the fallen like Um, back during the the human apocalypse when that happened, when the darkness showed up to Earth. And I'm sorry if none of this makes sense, but uh, (laughs) the Fallen showed up to Earth because they were chasing the traveler and started basically, you know, killing people and scavenging stuff and just sort of, you know, doing all kinds of gnarly things. And so humans have like this, you know, this historical memory of like all these horrible things the Fallen did. But like what's kind of come out this season is like, yeah, and also humans did some pretty whack shit as well. Like Saint-14, who is this kind of fan favorite character, who's like this Russian robot uh, with this really distinctive armor design and um, is in a gay relationship with Osiris, uh, this who's is a space wizard. fascinating. Yeah. yeah is- <laughs> uh, basically, <laughs> so there's like all this stuff this season about how the Fallen had these like legends about him and like they told their kids about him to like be good. They're like, if you're not good, the saint is going to come and rip your fucking hat off. And like, because wow. he did, he did. He just, cause he was like a hero of humanity, but that translated to going to fallen worlds and just like killing lots of people. So yeah. he, he finds out about that. He has a conversation with it, uh, with a uh, Mithrax, who like their leader about it. And it's just like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like, is that how people see me? And so he's sort of over the course of the season has kind of had this development where he's like, um, realizing that, like, oh, no, we're actually more similar than we are different. And, like, we've both done really, like, both sides have done really horrible things. And, like, we need to, like, move past that. Um, And so spoilers for the last event of the season, if you haven't done it yet. Steven, do you mind if I... I don't. I'm
0: actually really curious to okay. know what is in there.
2: Yeah. So basically, um, off-season, there's been this character named Lakshmi 2, who is sort of a shit stirrer. She's a character from the original Destiny who's the leader of a faction called the Future War Cult, whose thing is that they try to predict the future. And um, she has basically been saying for the whole season, I have foreseen an event where letting the fallen into the city is going to cause a huge disaster. Lots of people are going to get killed and it's their fault. So like, we need to kick them out. Like the city is for us. It's not for them. It's for humanity. And some people in the city have been like, yeah, that's, yeah, true, true, true. And then like most (laughs) of the main characters have been like, that's pretty whack. Like they're trying to help us because the other reason is like the fallen came to basically help uh, humanity deal with this thing called the endless night that the Vex, which are the space robots had cursed the last city with. It was like dark forever and fucked up and the, the fallen helped fix that. So basically end of the season, Lakshmi Two is like, all right, the Vanguard who are like the leaders of the city aren't going to do anything. I'm taking matters into my own hands. I'm opening a Vex portal and I'm going to kick every fallen into it and send them back where they came from or just like <laughs> into another dimension so they can fuck off. Um, wouldn't you know it, that didn't go well. and Weird. she And the Vex started spilling out into the last city and killing everyone.
0: And the Vex are the evil The Vex are the evil time-traveling space
2: robots that want to turn the entire universe into a big computer. I promise I'll be done soon. Um, so basically, you have to go and stop and, like, seal that portal, and um, then you get a cutscene where Saint is fighting next to Mithrax, who is, like, the leader of this group of Fallen, and um, Mithrax is, just like, Saint, go, you have to save your people, and he's, like, you are my people now, and just, like, it was just, like, chills, <laughs> like, because basically you have this guy who's, like, changed, he's, like, grown and come to realize that, like, these, you know, people who, by all accounts, like, are aliens, like, they look, like, kind of, they're like chittering
0: insect-like creatures. They're like, what if a werewolf got into the Brundlefly machine?
2: Yes, yeah, <laughs> pretty much.
0: Um, I think wow. they're
2: cute. But yeah, they do look like that. And so basically he had this like total turn where he was just like, like, I will I will die fighting for these people, like if I have to. And um, everyone basically, you got to see all these characters who like never really do anything. Like I'm a Holiday and ikora and stuff come down and just like start killing vex left and right uh and then they close the portal and um saint is just like like yeah no like this is going to be the new thing we talk about we're not going to talk about twilight gap anymore when like the fallen attacked and we we beat them this is going to be our new story about how we work together and like fought off this threat that is just like all omnipresent and um it was just like really, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh Locksmith <laughs> so 2 is dead. Um, Osiris is missing, which is a little weird because it's implied that he had something to do with uh opening that portal. Right. Which if so is is rough. Um, but so Saint is gonna have to go looking for him. And um it was just like it was it was just a really cool season. And it was cool because like it it didn't really center the main character that much. Like, yeah, you were like solving problems and like you were, you know, learning how to close Vex portals and stuff, but like it kind of, we had actually had a piece on the site about this uh, yeah. recently. I forget who it was by, but the cool thing about the season is it kind of got out of, it let the protagonist just like step aside. And like, there's a story about Saint and Mithrax and Ikora and, and Lakshmi and not trying to shoehorn in the, you know, the chosen one, the greatest guardian ever. Um, like you aren't even in that cut scene, which is kind of cool. So I'm- It was uh, Lincoln Carpenter. Was Lincoln Carpenter, author. yeah. So I'm really hyped for the next season. And it's just moments like that, that it's like, Okay, yeah, I know. These are the moments that make Destiny really worth it, you know? Yeah. Um the question is like whether it's worth all of the other stuff, and that's sort of an open ongoing question. <sighs> but
0: uh yeah. Paul's that's saying time to re-download Destiny. I don't know. But it's not though, is it? Like that's the that's thing.
2: Yeah, it's like it's hard to recommend getting into Destiny for someone. I I would almost recommend getting into Warframe over getting into Destiny just because, like, Warframe is so less, um, it feels so much more like you can kind of go at your own pace because there isn't, like, this sort of seasonal content where like, you have to, I mean, they do have, like, a lot of time, they do give you a lot of time to do it, like, there's still two weeks until the season's over and there's nothing else happening as far as I know, um, which is kind of weird,
0: but... But it's, it's still like a seasonal treadmill every time, right? Like, Yes, it's, when, it is pretty whack how you basically have to grind um,
2: every at the beginning of every season to be able to do the new stuff.
0: Right, the stuff that you were able to do yeah. three weeks ago that they just artificially bump you back down in yeah, power. No, the power
2: system season. is really busted. And again, that's one reason why I think Warframe is friendlier to new players because you don't have to worry about that stuff. Um, there is no like real falling behind in Warframe because you can always sort of do activities together that will benefit everyone. Whereas in Destiny, it's a lot more like, okay, well, if you're not power level 1330 or whatever, you can't do Grandmaster
0: Nightfalls. You just, they won't let you do them. Um, So I I hope you don't want the new legendary or not legendary, the new exotic uh, class item, because it, you have to play single player. You cannot play with a group to do those legendary class actions. Yeah, that's,
2: They've made some weird choices, but I don't know. I'm like, they're always doing this. It always feels like, all right, next season is going to be the one. But like, the season did go so well and is probably in my like top three. Oh, cool. um, I think I, I wrote something ranking the seasons a while ago, and i forget where I put this one, but it, it's it was up there. So yeah, Destiny. Oh. Um, yeah, still still Destiny.
0: I I have a this huge problem with Destiny, which is just that like. I mean, I've had many problems with Destiny that I talk about all the time, but, like, I feel like every time I fall off is when the story gets good because mm. the gameplay is in the, at the height of its lull. And yeah. whenever the gameplay is in a deep lull, the story gets good. And then I miss all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't super caught up in time for the, like, Zavala crow stuff mm. previously which was super cool and super good i wasn't caught up for this one because i was like okay yeah i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna back up on this one uh because yep still just yeah. kind of doing that same stuff
2: yep yeah it's again yeah hard to recommend people to get into it but i'm sort of felt like i was expecting very little for this end of season mm. event but they they really nailed it so yeah cool Yeah, um, so I would say let's do question time, but I think I found a letter here. I think we've had a visit from the Goodwill Goblin. Oh my god! They came
1: back! What's getting Goodwill? What's getting Goodwill? What's getting
2: Goodwill? What's getting Goodwill? Goodwill? Yeah, the Goodwill Goblin came back and uh, isn't here right now, but he did leave. Oh, okay. Uh, um, (laughs) Some... did leave some uh, some notes for us. Uh, the Goodwill Goblin, if you aren't familiar, is a Twitter account run by and by podcast producer Jordan Mallory, who routinely goes on the Goodwill website and finds just really interesting games-related things that, uh, that they're selling on Goodwill. And these can be like rare consoles. They can just be like boxes of mystery stuff. We actually did a stream uh, a couple of weeks ago where we just sort of went through things and found some really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. So we have a couple of items here and I've dropped them in the, um, in the show notes. If, if uh, Danielle and Steven, if you want to check these out, but first item we have here is um, mixed gaming consoles, parts and repair. Oh. And, uh, so oh, the, some
1: of those look a little bit like they may have been rubbed down with some sandpaper.
2: Yeah, this Xbox One does look pretty sick. Um, this is a really scary. interesting picture because you've got an Xbox One next to an Atari 2600 with a PlayStation 2 on top of it. There's a Wii, there's two Wiis and there's a couple of <laughs> Xbox 360s. There's a PS3.
0: There's a, there's a PlayStation, PlayStation crucially... 1, crucially... With the disc drive, with popped, the disc drive open. popped
2: open, so let's dangerous. Right. Um, let's read the item info for this one. Yeah. So this is for local Virginia pickup only. Uh shit. This is a a gaylord, which is a technical oh, term wow. for um a certain type of. Box. It's not
1: a Destiny term.
2: Uh, no, no, no. Okay. Um, that is a, uh, no, actually, that would, that is season, a title. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's the title. title. <laughs> yeah, if you get all the triumphs, you get to have gaylord under your name that would be fucking amazing uh so buyer must have the ability to take the entire gaylord or able to fully unload contents so uh it's mixed gaming consoles slash games slash accessories for parts and repair contains Wii fit board seven guitar hero (laughs) two one playstation two controller one playstation three controllers three One rock band guitar, 23 Xbox 360s, (laughs) one Hi-Fi DJ Hero, two Wii controllers, two guitar heroes, eight PlayStation controllers, one DJ Hero, three Xboxes, four Xbox Ones, seven PlayStation 2s, two PlayStation Ones, one Xbox 360 controller, two Xbox controllers, one Wii Fit Plus board, four Xbox controllers, three PlayStation 3s. Twenty Nintendo Wii's, two wow. Ataris, uh, one PlayStation just Four Just as controller.
1: Ataris, right? Not just not as Atari. Like I assume
2: they mean twenty six hundred because I can see one of those in the image. Gotcha. That is what is in this. Um, it is currently going for five hundred and one dollars. So if you, well, no. By the time you hear this, this will be over. Um, it is.
0: Uh,
2: yes, yeah, sixty pounds of uh. uh, No, ah, sorry, sorry, sorry. 600, 546 pounds um, of of things. And so it says for parts and repairs. So presumably none of these have been tested. So probably, and they look like they're not in great condition. Sort of been (laughs) tossed into a box together. Um, But if you want, if you want all this, you could get it for $500.
0: I will say. If you're local. That. It doesn't specify here, because I assume the people uh, involved with this probably don't know the difference. I will say that PlayStation 3, the single PlayStation 3 that I can see here, does look like it might be a launch no, PlayStation 3. shit. Which is actually kind of rare and valuable, so because it's the one that has the for? emotion chip. Yeah. I don't actually know. like Because yeah, you have to specifically get a 60 gigabyte launch PlayStation yeah. 3 uh because that has an emotion chip in it. I think that's what it's called, the emotion chip. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. They basically just have a PlayStation 2 inside of a play, in the, of those PlayStation 3s and they took that out mm. of all future.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. I imagine this will so there's still 5 hours left. I imagine this will go higher than 500 by then. But um yeah, you do have to be local for that one because it is incredibly a lot and they don't want to ship it, which is understandable. Uh kind of something different. We have a Milton Bradley vintage programming microvision gaming system. Wow. I have never seen this before. Wow. I have never seen this before. This is a Milton Bradley. It's a handheld. It's a Milton Bradley handheld that's cartridge based. And the cartridge is like the entire front of the console. Like the cartridge appears to be the front, if you're looking at this image, and we'll have links in the show notes, the thing that says Blockbuster, that's like a color clipped onto like the, the console, that's the cartridge. It's like a faceplate. Oh my god.
0: Which is oh, very wow. weird. I mean, I have seen one of these before, actually. Really? My grandparents, I think, had one with, sp- not multiple cartridges, but they did have baseball. Okay. That baseball cartridge that is shown here, they definitely had that in there. Uh, my, my grandparents had a sort of crawl space under the staircase leading into their basement uh, that had a door on the side, and it was sca- very scary for me mm. as a child, um, and I never went in there. And in a box inside there, when I would occasionally stick my head in there, they did have this and a bunch of other various toys from their children and yeah. um, grandchildren.
2: Cool. It's um, not no real uh, information here, and it's, it is untested, but the games it comes with are Mindbuster, Alien Raiders, Baseball, oh. Sea Duel, Pinball, yeah. Connect Four, and Star Trek Phaser Strike.
1: Star Trek Phaser Strike?
2: I'm so curious about this thing now. Yeah, same, same. It um, kind of looks like a phaser. It does kind of look like a phaser or like a tricorder or something. It's like a little handheld yeah. thing. Um, this kind of reminds me of some older, I think some of the older Atari things. The controllers had these overlays that you would like place over them with like mm-hmm. the, the buttons like labeled on, <laughs> on uh, like... It would, you know, it's the same buttons, but there's just an overlay saying like, oh, this is phaser. This is turn or whatever.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. This
2: kind of seems like that. I, I I would love to see this thing in motion. I'm gonna have to look this up on YouTube later. But uh, that's that's wild. Um, Paul has uh, linked us in YouTube. Uh, this is from 1979. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, they Great look tall. like they're like LCD. Yeah. Uh, yeah. LCD screens. And this is so weird. I'm looking at it now. The way you, you swip, switch games is basically by like swapping faceplates, which seems like just, I mean, useful for having different kinds of controls, but just like so inefficient for like <laughs> the cost of making these different things. But that's probably why this thing didn't succeed. Um, but kind of an interesting little uh, footnote in mobile. I wonder what the battery life
0: on this thing was like what kind of batteries what kind of batteries did it take <gasps> i was going to ask when were double a's invented
2: <laughs> when were double a- when were double a's microvision console um i it took what it took a it took a 9 volt battery okay, okay. Um, yeah okay. Um, that sounds about
0: right yeah and so, yeah. That's each, what you would put in a walkie-talkie. If, r- right,
2: yeah. And each each game basically had its own CPU in it. So, like, the console was basically just a screen and a controller, which is just right. such a weird idea because at that point, you're basically making Tiger Electronic games that you need to, like, attach to something else to play. <laughs> like,
0: yeah.
2: Huh, weird. I mean, it was the 70s. People, no one really knew... Uh, <laughs> what they were doing. You'd well, go is...
1: to a key party, you would play a Milton Bradley, you know, vintage game, you know, who knew? Who
2: yeah. Knew there were 12 on? games for this thing. So those aren't all of them. The ones that okay. apparently it's featured in Friday, the 13th part two. So oh, uh, good. I'll have to watch that sometime to, uh, yeah. I, okay. The Vectrex is kind of similar in that it had these things you would put over the screen. um, But it was different in that it just had a controller and like the games were, were cartridges, I think. Yeah. Uh but cool. Well, thank you, goodwill goblin. Thank you for these so this nice. bounty. Yeah, that's what the goodwill goblin sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Do we uh do we want to question time?
0: Hey. Yes.
2: is a segment where you can send us your questions and we will answer them to the best of our abilities if you want to ask us a question you can do that in the Fanbyte discord which you can find at fanbite.casa there's a channel called fan uh, not fanbite uh called podcast questions and you can ask them there make sure to note they are for channel f First question is from Dull Focus, who asks, what's the most frustrating difficulty spike you've experienced in a video game?
1: Oh, this one brought me back. Yeah? This one really brought me back. There is a game I reviewed once in my first year as a professional game reviewer. It was called Alien Spidey. And... It was like a cute platformer that had like actually really good mechanics. You had this—you were like a little spider. You were an alien spider. Shocking, I know, but it had what? this really kind of fun slinging mechanic. Like that's how mm. you move through the world. And it was a two D platform. Oh yeah, I remember
2: this. And yeah. it was
1: yeah, it was actually a pretty good game. But there was one level, like it, it was a fairly difficult game throughout. But there was one level that took me like, I swear to God, like seventy five it was just maniacal because you had to get like perfect timing on this sort of water-based thing and you had to get like perfect jumps and you had to keep getting perfect jumps and it wasn't even that far into the game I think it was only like you know second world or third world or something and I got so angry trying to beat this that I like I had to turn the sound off the game and just grind it while I was like listening to podcasts and listening to like I feel like I needed to listen to something educational because I was so mad and I was like, I'm rotting my brain right now mm-hmm. trying to just beat this one stupid ass thing. And yeah, it was it was just wild. And I remember watching the developers play it or maybe somebody in PR or something and they had to like do it 75 times in a stream like the next week when they were like showing off their cool games. So it was like, they really, there's something off with that level. <laughs>
0: This isn't like the end of the game or anything, right? This no, is just it like- was like
1: in the middle of the game. Not even, maybe not even all the way in the middle. Like it was fairly early on. Huh. It was really wild. This one level, I'll have to that- I'll have to go back and look at like what the level. I know there was water involved, and there was like perfect timing and like perfect skipping off the water, basically.
0: That does kind of like something about that tracks for me, though, too. Like to a certain degree, because. Alien Spidey is one of those games that I feel like was in the first Humble Bundle I ever bought when Humble Bundle yeah. was like. Maybe, yeah, that, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that entire era of indie games, like there was like that and Gish and like yeah, Braid sure. was like even maybe a little bit later. Like there was a Dishwasher, there was a roughness maybe? Dishwasher yeah. Dead Samurai, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: There was
0: like a there was like a degree of roughness to some games of that type from that era, especially um 2D platformers, I feel like, that was like Indie games were coming onto the scene. There weren't a million of them yet. And there wasn't like a necessarily shared language for like what good balance was yet in a lot of things.
1: And like, again, I don't want to say, oh, this game sucked. It was a good game. Like it was, it had cool mechanics. It just, there was just a level that was miserable in the middle of kind of nothing. So, yeah.
0: Huh. Um, my personal, uh, difficulty spike, the one that definitely sticks out the most to me, um, throughout history, there might be worse ones, but the first one that came to mind was the final boss of Mirror's Edge. The first one. Mm, Uh, I don't know if either of you played that game. I did. I don't remember the final boss, but (laughs) I do
2: remember getting frustrated at the parts where they introduced guns and it became much easier Mm -hmm. to just take a gun from someone and shoot everyone than it did to actually like play the game.
0: Right. So that's exactly this is sort of a self-imposed sort of difficulty spike in a way in its own way. But um that final boss um that final boss uh, very 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 much wants you to use guns mm-hmm. and I had uh set out to never use guns in that mm-hmm. game. So I never used oh. guns throughout you all could of Mirrors Edge. It for it. You get a chivo for it. In my case, I think it was a trophy because I think I have played on PlayStation mm. Three. But um, yeah, um, there are parts of that game where it definitely gets way harder, and it's just like, hey, just use a gun, idiot. Yeah, um, we really want you to <laughs> just pick up a gun in this game that like is pretty diametrically opposed to also, the concept the guns of that. Also, the guns are not good.
2: They're not they fun. They feel
0: really like weak and yeah, impotent but the final boss is this like big dude in the middle of a big room at the penthouse of a big cyber tower and he's wearing battle armor he's some kind of mercenary or mm. swat cop or something like that so he's just like covered in pads and you need to like sneak up behind him five times if you're if you're not just shooting him you have to like sneak up behind him like five times mm-hmm. and um choke him out or something like that each time. I can't quite remember the exact specifics, but the entire time you are in a big giant room with very little cover and he's just shooting at you. Mm. He just gets a gun. And, um, I probably played that boss fight about 200 times. It was ridiculous.
2: Did you finally beat it?
0: I did. Yeah, I did do it. Not that I ever got the platinum or anything because that game is also like all the trophies in that game are about like speed running and stuff like that. And I was like, fuck that. I'm never Mm -hmm. playing this game again. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
2: god i'm sure there are some that i'm just not remembering um but for me the most recent ones are um shimegami tensei three the uh fucking skeleton man
0: oh matador it's
2: matador which at first i was just like uh, this game sucks. I fuck fuck this game. This game is bullshit. And then I figured out like the one spell that you're supposed to cast to beat him. And I was like, oh, that was easy. Uh, so that I got over pretty quickly. And then Dark Souls 2, getting to... There were like actually a few moments in Dark Souls like that. But I think in Dark Souls 2, the part where I didn't... This was my own fault. I didn't realize that there was a starting area you were supposed to go to. Uh, right. which Just the forest. Yeah. And instead, mm-hmm. I went to the big tower which was kind of tricky, but not that bad. But then I went to like the weird docks area and Uh I was just beating my head against these fucking Vikings for like an hour and then finally got through. And then like 10 hours later learned that I had gone the entirely
0: wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) People in chat People were re- begging me to spoil it for People you to were say, losing just like, their minds. Yeah. tell her to look up. She's at the bonfire. <laughs> tell her to look like three degrees to no, the left. No, 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 It's no, right no. there.
2: No, and then I finally discovered that area much, much later in the game and, and breezed through it. But uh, yeah, let's do one more question because we're, uh, we're running out of time. Yeah. Papa Bear Zach asks, what power would Kirby copy from you? Yeah,
0: uh, I think mine is hyperfixation for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, um, I that is just it is a blessing and a curse of my existence that like I just absolutely hyperfixate on things like nobody's business, um, games especially. Like I think one reason that I'm good at games like Warframe and perhaps High Fleet and stuff like that, I'm like extremely. Good at just knuckling down and getting through um, early friction on games Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, exploring systems and diving deep into many dozens of tabs of wikis and stuff like that to figure out everything and pick it apart um, until there's nothing left to pick. Uh, And that's not just true of games, but I think it definitely put me down some certain paths in my gaming career. Yeah, that's cool. Danielle? I think
1: Kirby would inherit from me. I, at least I would hope that Kirby takes this because I think this is what I have to offer Kirby, uh, which is my sick armbar and triangle combinations.
2: Wow. Oh,
1: pretty good. They're pretty good.
2: You know, there you can is mess up a
1: whole bunch of weird creatures with those.
2: <laughs> there is, um, there's like a few variations of like a, a sort of wrestling Kirby. Where he yeah. he gets the ability to just like grab people and just like slam them into the ground and do cool yeah. stuff like that. So kind of like that. Except he's yeah, like choking like out waddle D's.
1: Yep, exactly. Uh, that's 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 the dream, right? There.
2: <laughs> I think mine would just be like, you know, there's enemies in Kirby Superstar, maybe in some later games too, that are just like little like guys with like sleeping hats on. And if Kirby sucks them up. Oh. All that happens is he just goes to sleep <laughs> and it's just like, goes to sleep for like 10 seconds or something. And then just like gets back up and like, you just waste your time. Uh, I think that's what would happen. I think Kirby would just be like, <laughs> or would just start posting. And like, you couldn't play the game anymore because Kirby is just posting. <laughs> um, just like, wow, just saw this. Wow. do. What's this guy all about shooting lasers out of his eyes. I don't know. Could, couldn't be me. Couldn't be me.
1: <laughs> what if Kirby had amazing podcast management skills? Actually. Like...
2: Well, um, that's sort of interesting. No. Now we're sort of developing a Kirby podcast cinematic universe where like King DDD <laughs> has a podcast where he talks about, Oh my God. He has God, like a no. food, food
0: podcast. You think a food podcast? I, I think King DDD, I think like he's the Joe Rogan of the no. Kirby universe. Oh, oh Don't God. say that. I'm sorry. He He just gives that vibe. I love him. He's into
1: like an all meat diet. He's like, yeah, you know, all you need
2: is meat. cake and stuff. He's He's like Kirby. He just sucks it up. Um, No, Meta Meta Knight's podcast would be really bad though. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Meta Knight would be like a, would be like a Reddit, uh, (sighs) guy like a like a red pill that's the word yeah like that's that's all I can think of when I yeah. think of him he's just like he took up the sword because he like <laughs> he never jerks off and he just like yeah. trains with the sword all the time uh, and everybody's partying. like please he stop the
2: blade yeah
0: uh-huh totally <laughs> mm. yeah well, he he forges he like posts about how he forges his own helmets mm-hmm.
1: yep. and he hates women there's the things that he does yeah very special <laughs> Well, we have such sights to show you. We have such
2: skills. (laughs) That's every Kirby game, though, because like every Kirby game becomes (laughs) Hellraiser eventually, because like they all start. They all start like Kirby's on and having a little day and uh, look out. Kirby gets a little umbrella, man. You gotta suck him up, Uh and then it ends with like a one-eyed cyclopean like cosmic horror just like I'm going to devour the fucking universe and Kirby's just like hi and like <laughs> kills it to death and then just goes back to sleeping under a tree.
0: It's yeah. why Kirby is the only one who survived Super Smash Bros. At so the beginning true. where everybody dies. So he's true. he's so powerful. He's so used to fighting these kinds of like cosmic threats. That was so clearly he's, just he's Sakurai
2: picking his fave and being like no my guy lives though. Also like Sakurai designing <laughs> Smash Bros is like Everyone gets two jumps, except the characters I meet. They get six. I do love that. Uh, Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. And uh, thank you for listening. And if you could take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, we would love that. Um, Just go over, hit five stars and write five stars. Probably don't just write five stars. Probably write like, love it. Great show.
1: Love, love, to tune in to channel F and never move that dial.
0: Yeah, yeah. If if you say anything bad in your review, we will come onto the show and say that your Kirby power would be farts. Whoa! And you're just like a fart <laughs>
2: person. Kirby's <laughs> never had fart powers. Like it seems like if he sucked up Wario, it would go with the territory. Wait, isn't it, yeah. is that the power he gets from Wario and Smash?
0: Oh, is farting.
2: Because is that Wario's neutral B is farting? I don't. He definitely remember. farts. Yeah, I don't know. It's been so long. I couldn't tell you. i have to boot up Smash, Smash. And, and try. Um, but yeah, so. What happens when a Kirby eats a Kirby? In Smash? Yeah. Uh, I don't think anything happens. No, the game just shuts off the game <laughs> the game ejects it just, it just yeah. uninstalls itself from your switch yeah it ejects it shoots itself back into the, the package it came with rewraps itself and like flies back to the store Fuck you. oh you think this is a game go fuck you it. think this is funny it's funny i'll show you funny kirby's
1: um, eating kirby yeah if you
2: want to follow <laughs> us online we're at fanbite media on twitter uh danielle is at danielle ri steven is at uh steven strong wait are you yeah. Okay. I don't know why I just, my brain. Still melted.
0: for the time. Still, being, yeah.
2: anyway. Uh, <laughs> our producer, Paul Tamayo is at Polymayo. I am at Merrick K. And, uh, is there anything we need to, uh, to hit for, before... Oh, uh, Hey, if you listen to the show and you don't, uh, listen to any of the other fan shows, you should check them out. There's a couple that, uh, that you might like. I mean, you might like all of them, but check out the optional, the optional which is, uh, podcast. Paul Tamayo and, uh, uh, his co-host cam's show that they uh it's a long-running show but they recently brought it over to fanbite brought it back so very cool danielle yes. was actually a guest on that this week
1: i had a very good time it was a it very was good
2: awful. show i listened to it earlier today and yep. uh check out thanks for the knowledge as well which is um uh, fanbite head of media john warren uh, as he recaps the week's news and uh interviews people and uh yeah there's a great interview with Haley gross uh this week that uh she she wrote or worked on the the last of us two and there will be a link to that in the show notes if you want to check that out so
0: yeah can a kirby eat a kirby that already has a third (sighs) kirby in its mouth Mm. This, this goes beyond the scope of this podcast. This, it's, it's above my pay
2: grade. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, tough.
0: That's, that's, tough. that's a
2: question for a for a physicist
0: or a mathematician. <laughs> Listen, subscribe <laughs> to my newsletter. I've got all the okay. answers. You just
2: yes. Need, yes. To newsletter. need to follow the money. Uh, wait for that. Wait for that. Coming soon to Substack. Uh, chasing the truth of Kirby. And um, thank you again for listening. And until next week, I don't let a Kirby eat another Kirby because it will destroy the universe after midnight (laughs) and uh keep that dial tuned to channel F